0: Uh, Blah, 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 test, test, test. All right, you ready to roll on this bad boy?
1: Yep, we're all set.
0: All right, so my name's Keith, and this is my mom, Barb. And we had this podcast called Calling Home, where when I would travel the world, I would call you and just do a podcast about it. But because of COVID, obviously no traveling, so we switched it to this TV podcast where we've been watching old TV shows, mostly from the 40s and 50s, which that reminds me. I looked up, uh, I found a thread somewhere online of TV shows that people, like, can't watch anymore because they just... That they used to like, but now they just find them annoying. And uh, Gracie Allen was in the list.
1: She's top on the list, is she?
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, people mentioned, not top, but, like, even, like, Lucille Ball and stuff. Like, Ricky, you know, all that shit. But, yeah, Gracie Allen was definitely in there. Where people were like, like, she's not just ditzy. She's, like, dangerously stupid.
1: (laughs) She's so... Awful. I, I I have to <laughs> yeah. wonder what. I wonder what she was like in real life. Yeah. Was she like that, and just playing herself in that show, right. or was she maybe? some intelligent woman who played that part. And if she did, boy, she comes across as pretty freaking vapid.
0: Yeah, it was a little little ridiculous. Maybe for next week I'll try to find, like, an interview or something with her just to see, because surely, to fuck, she couldn't have been (laughs) like that. God,
1: I hope not. She's a disgrace to womanhood.
0: (laughs) But anyway... Uh, this week, though, I thought we'd do something a little different. I mean, it's also the holidays and shit, so let's switch it up. But, you remember I mentioned to you that I started a Buffy podcast with my Toronto friends, and that thing has gone off the fucking rails, where there was, like, a week where everyone was busy, and then there was that week that I was sick, and then the holidays happened, and it just, like, gets away from you, where it's been, like, a month. We haven't put out an episode. So I'm like, you know what? For a weird holiday switch-up stuff, and since we're watching TV anyway, why don't me and you take a break from the 50s, And talk about Buffy. And I'll put this on the Buffy podcast, and it'll be the holiday special.
1: Sure, sure.
0: So, uh, I mean, it's obviously been a long time since we watched Buffy together, like literally 20 years. (laughs) So, (laughs) have you seen it since then? Like, has it just been on TV or anything?
1: No, I have not seen it, not since I viewed it with you.
0: And I'm trying to remember. So, Brad got me into the show at the end of season two, and then I spent that summer kind of catching up. But by season three, I think you were watching it with us, right? Like, uh, oh, I should say, wait, before I get into any of that, I got to say this episode, we're going to spoil the shit out of all of Buffy, the whole thing. So if you haven't seen the whole show, don't listen to this episode. Like my friend Ann, who's on the podcast, you can't listen to this episode (laughs) (laughs) because she's only seen season one. So don't listen to this one because we're going to talk about crazy stuff that happens later on. Uh, But if you know the show... Please listen. So, uh, yeah, so by season three, does that ring bells where there was Faith the Vampire Slayer and the mayor? Remember the.
1: Faith is the. She's not the little sister.
0: No, no, that's that's although we'll get into that too. Faith was like the dark-haired girl who.
1: Oh yes, that yeah, okay.
0: Who's like kind of the bad girl, the other slayer, and right. the and the mayor was like he was just this really like plucky, like good-natured guy, but he turned out to be evil and turned into a, a big I snake. Don't
1: remember him? In fact, I, I don't really remember that dark-haired girl that much, but I do I do remember right. her a little bit.
0: So yeah, I'm just trying to place us in time of like because I yeah I'm trying to figure out when you got in on the show because so maybe not so much with season three but then definitely by season four and on i know we were all like me you, and and then
1: i went back and i they were they had reruns of the earlier stuff right so i watched some of the earlier stuff but very sporadically i didn't watch it like week after week and right in chronological order either
0: right and i definitely remember yeah toward the end like i because i just remember there was that shift where angel became the better show because i remember by the end of buffy i was like getting exasperated with it i'm like i don't even like this show anymore but at the same time angel was way better and uh i don't know just that balance of the two things but yeah, i guess just in general what are your i don't know what are your kind of memories of buffy because to me it was weird it's like i never really i was always like Fifty-fifty on Buffy in some ways of like there's some stuff about it I love and there's some stuff about it that I thought was just kind of cheesy and bad but going back and doing this podcast I'm like man this is actually a pretty pretty good show
1: it wasn't bad when I when I first started watching it I found again she was like oh the blonde dumb blonde vapid type and everything but but when you consider that she was just a young girl, when all that happened to her, and yeah, she wasn't the the sharpest tack in the box. But then, she wouldn't have been a good Buffy if she was. She has to come across as a little bit naive and unworldly to have any effect. If she'd been just so smart and so worldly, and and you know, it wouldn't have fit. So. And I kind of got to like her as a character as shows went on. But initially, I thought, oh, my God, this girl is annoying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing I'm noticing going back is I like Buffy a lot more than I used to. Because I used to always think of the show as the ensemble was what made it good. I like Willow. I like Giles. I like Xander. I don't really like Buffy. But yeah, going back, I'm like, "Eh, Buffy's not that bad. Because she is, as a character, she's in a tough spot. Yeah, like she's... The Slayer. She's the one who's got to go fight these things and get killed all the time yeah. and have all these horrible things happen.
1: And she has to fit that mold of being uh, a little unworldly because, heck, she's just a teenager, too. Right. You, can't put, you can't put woman values on the girl. And she's based on the character in the movie. Right. Who is definitely... Way worse. Duh, (laughs) duh. Wait. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I think yeah, we were just talking about that, like, last month or whenever, when we did the episode on the podcast that, yeah, the movie Buffy is the worst. Just terrible. And one thing I thought was funny, too, is just... uh, is just unprompted, you know. I was just talking to you here about Buffy, you're like saying, Oh, yeah, I started this podcast, and you were like, You know, I never really liked Buffy's mom, and <laughs> I just thought that was I funny. Stand Buffy's mom,
1: <laughs> and when you get introduced to her, if you think Buffy was a little bit vapid and on the you know, kind of side, well, mom is really out there, like, uh, she, I don't like that woman at all
0: i was thinking that like what is it about buffy's mom that makes her so unlikable and i think it's just like this combination of she gets in buffy's way all the time of like do your homework don't go out late blah 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 but she's also like willfully ignorant of the larger situation like she never seems to clue in that there is something else going on so she's just never
1: questions it yeah never even wants to go there no no i don't like that woman (laughs) (laughs) i don't like her um is she in this episode that we might be watching?
0: No, because uh, I thought, because uh, I think I asked you a little while ago, I'm like, should this happen? I had this feeling maybe this crossover would happen. Like, if we were to watch an episode, what episode would you want to watch? And you said the musical. So I'm like, just going to watch the musical.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, excellent.
0: And doesn't that kind of feel weirdly Christmassy? Like a Christmas tradition, you could just watch the Buffy musical? <laughs> it's like a, the Christmas tree of episodes. <laughs> oh, definitely. But uh, yeah, with Buffy's mom, too, one thing I was thinking that going back and watching it, that is kind of unfair to her character is isn't it crazy though that they don't tell her about vampires like there's constantly all of this tomfoolery going on where she keeps inviting vampires into the house and stuff but they never told her that there's vampires <laughs> like just to protect your own family i get that oh the slayer is secret duty you're not supposed to tell anyone but shouldn't you tell your immediate family like hey by the way yeah, there's vampires yeah but then she
1: never questions it either. Right. She never says like, "Hey, like, there's something, there's something going on here." Yeah. Something really weird, and maybe she wouldn't figure it out for herself. But she never even kind of goes into that area where they could tell her yeah. or feel that they have to bring her into the loop i think they don't want her in the loop because she's just uh, she's a loop scan in that one
0: yeah it's it'll be interesting too as the show goes on as i rewatch it like obviously i think the two most famous episodes of buffy arguably are this musical and the one where buffy's mom dies because they're the two most bizarre unusual episodes and they're both really well done one of them's fun to watch one of them is no fun to watch so i mean ultimately buffy's mom has this sad fate and it's this really good episode But all the way up to there, I'm like, I think the only like the only little glimmer I can think of where I'm like, oh, yeah, I liked that one was the one where Buffy's mom and Giles revert to being their teenage selves. Did you ever see that one?
1: I don't think so.
0: Oh, man, it's real good because, yeah, Buffy's mom really was a ditz. She just goes back to being she's like Buffy from the movie. She's just a total dumbass. Meanwhile, Giles reverts back to, like, oh, I'm a tough London guy. I'm a fucking tough, cool punk. And they start making out and stuff, and Buffy's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> it's a really good episode.
1: The other thing, though, they they probably want to show Mom as not being too with it because, after all, that that show was made to appeal to the teenage crowd. And you don't want to show that your parents have any knowledge or, right. or perhaps have some intelligence, except for Giles. Everybody else is kind of, like, just stupid... Adults who know nothing, yeah, and you got to kind of play that card all the way through. You can't suddenly have adults coming out of the woodwork who are really with it, because hey, that's not cool.
0: Well, that's one thing I think too. If you were gonna try to pinpoint the overall theme of Buffy, I think it was just that. You know you can build a family around yourself and usually slayers are solo acts and they just are you know them and their watcher and they all get killed and the fact that buffy had friends and family is why she was better and specifically giles is like becomes her surrogate dad but it's weird cuz she does have a dad he's just never there and she has a mom just terrible <laughs>
1: terrible who, who's ineffectual there mom. but not there yeah. yeah
0: so it's just it is just kind of weird that that's a big theme of the show but not real parents and i wonder i mean who knows i don't want to psychoanalyze people too much but i heard that joss had a pretty good relationship with his own mom, but a bad relationship with his dad. And it's like maybe he's just working out this parent stuff, you know, in the show. Who knows? Anyway, I just thought, yeah, it might be. Interesting. And see, and
1: I'm looking at the mother from a from the standpoint of a mother. Right. If, I, if I had watched that show as a teenager, I would have completely believed that that mother could be so ditzy and, and just not with it and all that stuff. But from a grown woman mother standpoint, when I watch her, it's like, oh my. God, I can't believe that that woman is really like that. But in a teen mind, yes, of course she was like that. She would would never be with it.
0: Maybe it's like, uh, like in Shawshank, how the guards are so cruel and so mean, but then you realize it's because we're seeing this through Red's memories. That's how he remembered the guards. It's not really how they were. Maybe that's what's going on in Buffy. It's like, this is just Buffy's view of her mom. Maybe oh. her mom <laughs> deserves more credit, but in the in Buffy's view of things, she's just an annoying mom yeah, who gets just, in the way. just
1: annoying in my way, dumb adult.
0: That is a, an interesting thing about, like, Gilmore Girls, where it's one of the few shows I can think of where the mom and the daughter are kind of on equal footing. But I also kind of find that kind of weird because that mom also doesn't feel like a mom it's like trying to be the cool mom like i'm not your mom i'm your friend i'm your sister it's like yeah well maybe you should be my mom yeah
1: and in that case you're it's almost a reversal of roles in that the daughter comes across as being very intelligent mature whereas the mother is very um just like a teenager
0: yeah (laughs) So anyway yeah so let's watch this musical but i thought before we did i would just set the scene again because again it's been 20 years so i thought i would describe the setup of what's happening in this episode how we got to this point so yeah if you recall in season five uh that's when buffy's sister dawn showed up and dawn was a key to a demon dimension and they didn't want this dimension to open up and destroy the world so They need to protect the key. So the best way to protect the key is to make it into the Slayer's sister, and then the Slayer will protect the key. Uh, And they eventually unravel that Dawn was not really ever there and is not a real person, existential crisis. And at the end of the season, the gates have opened, it's too late, they gotta sacrifice Dawn to close them. But then Buffy realizes through some mystical weirdness because of the key being her sister, that they have the same blood and that either one of them can die. I'm getting like choked up about it. It's like my favorite thing ever. When Buffy (laughs) kills herself to close the thing. (laughs) That's embarrassing. (laughs) But it really is. I love that moment so much. And it's like, that's where the show could have stopped. It could have stopped there. It would have been perfect. But then the show got renewed on UPN, on a new network. And they're like, oh, no, got to make more Buffy. Bring Buffy back to life. I know it was perfect. It was the most perfect ending you could ever want but we got to make more. So that's when they got into all that weird stuff with the Buffy bot, and they eventually bring Buffy back to life. And the, But the big thing, the big, you know, dramatic reveal, they thought they were doing a good thing by bringing Buffy back to life, but she was in heaven, and they took her out. <laughs> and it's like, you assholes, <laughs> you know? So, so Buffy's in this existential crisis of like, I can't tell them this, but my life sucks now. This is horrible. I don't want to be back. And then this... Conveniently, yes, I remember those. Yeah, Yeah. and then conveniently, this uh, dancing, singing demon shows up in town, and that's what's so great about this. It's not just a musical for the sake of it. It's it serves a plot point. Is that when you're singing and dancing, you have to. You're compelled to sing the truth. You have to tell the truth in your song. So, so here we are. That's what happens in this episode. (laughs) So. So, and this is one of those things too, or I mean, we'll talk about it more after we watch it, but for whatever debates there are about season six and seven, like I like season six a lot more than most people, but this is when people started being like, I don't know if we really needed this. And season seven especially is like, man, the show just needs to stop right now. But it was all worth it for this episode yeah like even if just for this i'm glad that the show kept going this
1: is so well done the singing and the dancing that i at first figured it was all fake that they had fake singers in the background um somehow they had faked the dancing but it isn't it's actually these people doing their own singing their own dancing and they do a pretty spectacular job
0: yeah there's actually a, i just watched the other day with this when i was grabbing this episode i found a behind the scenes like 20 minute thing just behind the scenes stuff and yeah, it was interesting just because giles and um willow's girlfriend what was her name tara man they kill it they're so good <laughs> at singing and it's just like man yeah they're amazing so anyway yeah let's uh okay let's watch I, this bad boy let's go for it <laughs> Magic. Can we not do this now? Forget that I brought it. Forget. Willow, that's right. Willow's getting into like dark magic and shit. <laughs> So, there we go. <laughs> the Buffy musical. So, did that bring back a bunch of Buffy memories?
1: Oh, yes. I remembered all of those songs, and I think I only watched that. I think I might have watched that twice.
0: Right.
1: It definitely holds up.
0: Yeah, I used to. I remember all of them all really well, because I used to, I had it on a CD, and I would just play it, because I worked at a comic shop, so I could get away with just very playing, good the, music. playing uh, the Buffy musical. Uh, c-
1: considering that that, well, Josh Whedon and his wife right. pulled that off and wrote all those songs, like, it's very listenable, and definitely holds up
0: yeah what do you think uh, i don't know i mean it's hard to say because there's a bunch of good songs but i think my favorite song is just that little one but it's the tara and giles doing their little oh, duet yes,
1: the duet where they yeah
0: and i think it's just just because i mean they're they're the real singers you know they're and i just so i just really like that song but i mean there's a bunch of good songs Oh, i don't
1: know i like the devil at the end though i think yes. he's he's very good he's
0: awesome he? right he's like such a good villain because like He kicked their ass they didn't even come close to stopping him the only reason that they solved the problem was because he decided to leave i mean there's a bit of an insinuation that maybe willow could have fought him and by the end of the season willow turns into evil willow and it's a whole thing but at this point i don't think so i think he had that whole town locked down and just did whatever he wanted and yeah i love that guy because he's so like they've got a long history of happy villains you know the happy mayor the uh glory from season five she was like the the ditzy girl who's also a god but that dude's the best. <laughs> He's, like, the best bad guy ever.
1: No, I, I yeah, very good. I'd watch that again.
0: But yeah, it's, uh, Oh, well, I guess one thing about that episode. I mean, obviously the big thing about it is this is the start of the Buffy-Spike relationship, which I don't remember super well. It'll be interesting to watch those again, too. Because it was all, you know... Buffy feels bad about herself, so she's going with the bad boy. You know, it was like this weird... The bad relationship or whatever. The bad boyfriend where... I guess her and Angel was more of the the pure, the real romance. But one thing I've noticed in the past, like, 20 years, like, there's all these, like, Instagram accounts and stuff about Buffy, and everybody loves Buffy and Spike. No one gives a shit about Buffy and Angel. Like, that's not the enduring relationship that anyone cares about anymore.
1: Well, she also is at a point that she's, she's seen the other side. She's seen the heaven. Right. And probably feels she can never get back to that so
0: so fuck it
1: (laughs) and and spike is not the quite as evil he's got feelings he's uh, he's not the evil little twerp that he was when he first started this thing
0: yeah the uh well the thing that i found interesting as the show goes on about spike versus angel is Angel is like uh, a compass. He's either good or he's evil, and he has no ability to be in between. You know, when he's a good guy, he can't imagine being bad. When he's a bad guy, he can't imagine being good. Where Spike is more interesting, I think, because he always skirts the line back and forth of just like, like even before he got his soul back, he was still just more in the gray area. And then when he got his soul back, it wasn't like when Angel gets his soul back and everything turns upside down he didn't change that much and i kind of like that about him like he's more in control of himself where angel is just the way the winds are blowing that's how angel's gonna be type of thing uh,
1: i don't know what to say about that yeah
0: so. who knows right yeah fuck it All this, i mean <laughs> this is getting way too deep into the nerdy ass buffy shit
1: anyway if you want to watch a musical with good music very listenable good explanation as to why it is that way hey there's your show
0: yeah i wonder if someone just jumped right into that i wonder if it would make any sense at all (laughs) i mean it does because it does kind of you know lean the story
1: itself wouldn't but the but the music wouldn't it wouldn't matter the music is very good very good the dancing is good okay well there's some chinese food here so let's
0: sign off yeah we don't need to belabor the point just fun to watch again good old buffy the musical
1: definitely holds up after all those years
0: nice I was thinking like it's been like half an hour, 40 minutes. We don't know if we stopped. We had some food or whatever. I think an interesting way to uh, gauge a musical is what song is stuck in your head half an hour later. And the one that for me just keeps running through my head is that, will I get so old and wrinkly that I look like David Brinkley?
1: (laughs) Mine is Walk Through the Fire. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's the one that's in my head right now, my ear wig or whatever they call it.
0: Am I crazy? Am I dreaming? Am I marrying a demon? <laughs> 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 Yours is a lot more dramatic and serious. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, mine's mine's powerful. Yeah. The thing that I I found was amazing though too is they just didn't do songs, as I told you while we were watching. They just didn't do songs for the stars. They had all this background stuff going on, like they, the woman trying to talk the ticket out yeah. of the cop because yeah. she had parked in front of a hydrant. The, the window cleaners, or the street cleaners, I guess they are street cleaners, the Doing three of them. Dance. Dancing yeah. with their brooms and really putting on a show while the stars were just walking by having conversation.
0: I yeah. loved you during Spike's, uh, Spike's musical number. Those guys at the funeral must have been like, "I knew we shouldn't have done an 11 p.m. funeral. <laughs> like, why are we in the? Why are we here in the middle of the night?"